by the power of Castle Hate Skull, I am Hella Mark Harley, and today it might be a sad day because um, there are some rumors swirling online in the metaverse that uh, I've taken an L. And I have to be forthright with you. I have to be honest. I have to come clean. I have to speak my mind in an unfiltered manner so that you will trust me now and in the future. And I just want to provide full transparency here. The haters have, in fact, won. <gasps> Say it ain't so, Mark. Believe me, Casey, I don't want to admit this. However, haters have been saying, Mark, you're not going to do a full-length episode this week because you're too busy doing all the things that you're involved with. And you might have to cut it a little bit short. You might have to not do a full hour or near hour. At first, my instinct was to deny this and say, no way, I'm doing three hours today and then fill the rest of the episode with white noise and hopefully nobody would notice. But that's something that I simply can't live with. I can't sleep at night knowing that I attempted to deceive my listening audience. So I'll come up front and just say it. I took an L today because I am going to San Diego, Laugh Factory, San Diego, where are you at? I'm going to be there with the Trash Panda Tour. Yes, I am leaving in a sec. And we are pressed for time. Why? Because, oh, was I out last night at the one press at one championship press conference right after work then went to the improv taking pictures doing the damn thing am i angry about that no did i get up at 5 a.m to go train somebody at six yes i did and those are the kind of decisions i make that perhaps leaves you pressed for time perhaps gives you suboptimal sleep and sleep is important however i find myself not regretting those things because i've conditioned myself to anticipate how am i going to feel by the end of the week, let's say I go down to San Diego, you're in a different city, maybe you don't work out as hard as you want to or take uh, a workout every day or do anything, right? The difference between, oh, I took off a couple days versus I haven't worked out for five days, right? Or getting through the rest of the day, driving in a car, knowing you didn't work out this morning. I just know that I feel better. Even though there's a temporary discomfort, waking up at 5 a.m. when you pulled into your parking spot at 12 p.m., I have the screenshot to verify this, Casey, he just, he rolled his eyes at me. I don't know why he's doing that. I think the assumption here is that I got nine to 10 hours of sleep. That's just not true. Now, <clears throat> this will be a temporary thing. I vow to come back next week and give a four-hour podcast to make oh, up for no. the fact that this podcast will only be four minutes. Um, I, I don't want to feel like you haven't gotten your money's worth for all the people who are future subscribing to my Patreon in your head when that comes out. Um, don't feel like I'll ever shortchange you or not give you the content that you need. So let's just jump right into it. What's up, fool? Well, this past weekend, let me just tell you about something real quick. We were in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Brendan meets a comic who came from Indianapolis and that's like two and a half hours away. He goes, oh, I'm a struggling comic. That's, he didn't say I'm a struggling comic. He said, I'm a comic who is looking for stage time, been doing about two years, and guess what? He says, you want to come do five minutes tomorrow night? He says, yes. Now, of course, this could have gone disastrously, right? For everyone involved, you bring a, a guy on stage, it's your show, it's like, ooh, he bombs. Sorry, everybody. You're the guy who bombs. Oops. Sorry, everybody. Maybe this isn't for me. So many ways that it could have gone wrong. However, I'm there. I capture this moment on video. Go out there, have no idea, I've never seen this guy, Jacob Kendall, Jacob Kendall, 69. Why you got the 69 in there, Jacob? I don't know, maybe uh, when you get a little more attention, 
change one of those numbers, I think could probably fix the issue here moving forward. But then again, you are a comedian. 69 will never stop being funny. So he gets on stage, absolutely rips it. I get it on camera. And look, if he bombed, I would have got that on video too. And I would have uh, shown that to all his friends and family and said, hey, Jacob, this isn't for you. I'm putting you in a group chat with you, your mom, your grandma, and any surviving relatives just to tell you that maybe working in the steel mine, the steel factory, the coal mine, what have you, uh, doing landscaping, maybe that's something more up your alley. However, that wasn't the case. He crushed it. We invited him back for the next day. He crushed it again and again and again. And I think it's just cool to see people have an opportunity. This is what life is all about. Giving people opportunity, taking opportunities, recognizing them, focusing, doing your best, making the best showing of yourself. He was prepared for that moment. He did have a tight five minutes. And I think that's analogous to a lot of things. Uh, preparation meets opportunity is a cliche, but it is true. People complain about opportunities, especially in LA. You know, people are like, I'm waiting for my big break or my opportunity. There's a mindset of like, I'm waiting, you know, not to say that I've never been uh, somebody who buys into that mindset of like waiting for an opportunity. But ultimately, we all know that creating that opportunity or being prepared as much as you can be for the moment an opportunity should arise because you still have to perform on the day. That's what life's all about. Brendan, cool on you for giving the guy an opportunity. Jacob, very good on you for crushing it. Hope to see you again and check out his page. Give him a follow. Give him a shout out. Say, what's up, dude? Heard you were funny in Fort Wayne. Get out of Fort Wayne. Come to LA ASAP. So, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about the mind-muscle connection in this week's Bro Science Academy. It's something I've been thinking a lot as I've done more training sessions with Mike O'Hearn. We'll do things, exercises that are a little bit unconventional, right? Now, we start off lifting heavy with the compound movements. We start off doing, for example, the other day we're doing shoulders and we do a behind the neck press. Um, I go up to 195, Mike goes up to 245. Everything's slow, controlled, deliberate. Two to three reps, come to a complete stop before you engage on the next rep. Perfect form, but still going heavy. Merging those two things in what he calls power bodybuilding. Then we go on to the auxiliaries, and I guess this is just something that perhaps as a beginner, as somebody learning to lift weights, uh, the mind-muscle connection idea, it can be overrated because you ask a bodybuilder, like, what's the most important thing? Mind-muscle connection. I don't count reps. I don't look at the weight. That's all BS to some degree because ultimately you have to keep track of what you're doing. If you don't care about the weights at all, well, how can you progress? How can you know what you're doing? And if you don't inherently enjoy just lifting the weights, there's no enjoyment in it and you end up just going through the motions. However, if you're not checking in with yourself to say, do I feel this movement in the targeted area, then you're also not going to be making any progress. So Mike showed me a few moves that I feel like for the first time, for example, in my traps, I gave a variation the other day of like a bent over shrug with dumbbells. We did another one that was a behind the back shrug with a barbell where you're, you're, you have a relatively close grip, hip width grip, and you're pulling it up with your elbows. Have you ever shrugged this high behind your back? It looks like something you shouldn't be able to do. However, you can feel the contraction in your traps and it ends up being like, holy shit, 
I'm sore in places that I've never been sore before. Uh, he had us do a lat pull down where you're sitting, imagine you're sitting a lat pull down, then reverse it so you're facing backwards and you lay your back down where your knees would normally go under. I don't know if that makes sense, but you end up kind of like this and the things behind you, right? And you stick your legs out and your butt out. So like if you're pulling too hard too quick, you would actually pull yourself up, right? So it takes away your ability to use any momentum and this contraction, for example, I'm pulling it and it's like, it's, it's actually kind of hard to get like close to your chest. It's a really awkward contraction. But if you pull into that, you feel it in your rear delt like I've never felt before. I don't really even feel it when I'm doing, for example, a rear delt, rear delt fly with a the machine, the reverse pec deck or a dumbbell. But in this particular instance, it's like, oh, damn, that works. I've been feeling that. And so you ask Mike and you go like, where do you come up with this stuff? He'll attribute it to, you know, oh, I learned this from Arnold or I learned this from Lou Frigno or whatever. But a lot of these things, I'm like, I get the feeling you've uh, ex personally experimented and come up with certain things just through you're there for decades. You're there doing this thing and uh, you make little tweaks and see what works. And he's like, yes, that's true. So I decided to take that on. I have an issue in my pec and uh, basically from my shoulder issue, right? Pressing doesn't quite contract the uh, entire pec muscle the way I wanted to. I have this imbalance, but I noticed that when I do like a dumbbell pullover, I got this pump under here in the pec minor, right? That kind of gave my pec a volume that I have in my stronger pec that I never had here. So I'm like, hmm, how can I merge those two? And it was on my mind, like many problems are um, when you're, you know, asking yourself something. I feel like people come up with creative solutions to problems by posing the question, and then at some point it gets answered. So yes, I'm building this all up just to say, I came up with a new exercise I'm between two cable stacks. I didn't grab the handles, right? Imagine I'm like on my knees between these two things, right? And if the line is here, if, if I'm pulling straight down and it's like this, I'm actually going behind that on my knees and pulling no handles, just like those the black ball, pulling black balls into myself, right? So I'm going like this and I'm pulling into myself, right? You see that? Ooh, and you feel that contraction right there. I've never seen anybody do this, but it's predicated on the notion of I'm going around and going, where can I feel that muscle contract? From what angle, from what position? And then replicating that with the tools that I have. Now, you can all do that yourself, but also take any exercise that you do and take that principle and go, do I feel it in the target muscle group? Is this the proper range of motion? Is there more tension at a certain spot? Like some people do curls and it's like the rest up here or you know, in a bicep curl that you're standing on, you can change the arc of the tension by leaning forward a little bit, by leaning back, right? These are all things that I do like set to set, exercise to exercise, and it makes all the difference in the world. You can easily cheat yourself or convince yourself, oh, I'm doing something, I'm making this rep harder, I'm keeping constant tension or doing a full range of motion even though you're taking the tension off the muscle. I mean, like, oh, I'm going up here, then taking a second to rest and coming back down. That's just an example from bicep curls. But one thing that Mike showed me, we're doing front raises. And that, it's something as simple as front raises, right, that you assume you know how to do. Everybody knows how to do a front raise because you can just look at it and go, oh, you go up to here, you go up to here, you go up to here. And he goes, what about coming higher? And it's like, uh-huh, duh right? When you come all the way up here, first of all, a lot of people have mobility issues where 
you know, the sign of a healthy shoulder is can you get your bicep past your ear? A lot of people can't. <laughs> Casey's like, oh, whoop, boom. I want to try. Yeah. But you'll see a lot of this, how they test, you know, your mobility. And for example, on my, on my bad shoulder, it's just a little bit off, right? So this is still a difficult position. And I want to create tension in that difficult position with not a lot of weight, but maybe I'm holding a 20. And instead of stopping here, I'm going up to here and challenging myself to hold it in that position. And that's also going to help on things like my high inclines or whatever. I realize, oh, that's a weak position that I need to work on. Similar thing with any of the stuff that you've looked at from uh, knees over toes guy, where it's all about putting yourself in a weaker position, a more vulnerable position that maybe you injured yourself in, extending that knee, uh, you know, in a reference to the title of his channel, extending the knee over the toes, even though you're told not to do that, putting yourself in a compromised, vulnerable, weak position, and then gradually strengthening up from there, right? So that's a principle that you can always... Lifting heavy weights with perfect form is great, but also do these things where you drop the weight a lot. And that's the interesting juxtaposition, to use my favorite word of all time, between working with a guy like Mike, you go, we're heavy, we're doing heavy squats, heavy presses, heavy things, exercises to lead off. But then we go really light with perfect form and make small tweaks that amplify the tension that you're feeling in the muscle. And maybe you should do that yourself. Oh, my goodness gracious. No, Casey, because you were asking before, uh -huh. um, yeah. how am I going to make it through the whole podcast yeah. doing all the material I planned to do, mm -hmm. but just shrunk down to, what, 38, 39 minutes? Well, the secret here today is that I'm on Kratom from happyhippoherbals.com. Did I use promo code THICKBOY to buy it? No, it was at the office already. But <laughs> if I didn't work here, I would be using promo code THICKBOY3Cs at checkout to get 20% off for the rest of my life. And if you're following my advice, you're going to lead a long and happy one. Okay? So that's a lot of Kratom. Go pick it up now. Okay, our next segment is going to be Oak and Stone Clothing. Got him. No, seriously. Am I even wearing a shirt right now? That's how comfortable this thing is. Now, I was at the one championship press conference last night getting compliments left and right. Like, are you a male model or you do just wear really nice clothes that fit your body perfectly? And I'm like, well, a little bit of both. Okay. You've seen my Instagram. Of course, I'm a male model. And of course, my exclusive contract is with oakandstoneclothing.com. Now, this is hot off the presses. I just got this package with this blue scoop neck shirt last night. I love the way it fits. I love that because my traps are so big, it lets those bad boys breathe a little bit. And it also lets my entire body breathe because the fabric is so nice. And so even though it's summer outside, it's a moderate temperature fall in my body. Go to oakandstoneclothing.com right now and use code HELLA, H-E-L-L-A, for 10% off. Oh, and by the time... This airs tomorrow. There's going to be a big sale, actually. So 10% off plus some even more percentage off. Oh, I love Oak and Stone Clothing, but they're just like 25% too expensive. Your prayers have been answered. Check it out. Shop now and support your boy. So with that being said, a lot of people have been asking me. I had a kid hit me up, and sometimes I don't like... Honestly, you know, <laughs> I'm DMing a 15-year-old, a 15-year-old a boy with questions about his deadlift. And honestly, sometimes, like it, I have a pretty well-calibrated troll meter because kids will, you know, as I've said before, 
It's about gratitude and entitlement. That's the metric that I'm usually trying to gauge. Like, are you coming at me? Even with a, a whiff of dickishness, it usually leads out to you're trying to get information out of me or trying to prank me or something like that. I'm pretty good about calling it out. This one I was on the fence about, and he seemed genuine, but he was like asking me a bunch of questions like, how do I deadlift? How do I get girls? I'm like, are you, okay. <laughs> is this serious? Because um, obviously, if you know how to deadlift, you can get girls. So I'm going to help you there and answer two questions, two birds with one stone. Lift heavy, get laid. It's as simple as that, folks. He sends me a video of himself deadlifting. Is it the worst form of all time? No. But he's using too much weight, right? There's thoracic bending. There's no abdominal stiffness. A lot of people will start off and they know, they know the correct position. You can get yourself into a correct athletic position just from mimicking something visually, right? You get into that like, you know, flat back, nice angle to your waist and to your knees. You get in there, but then as soon as you go to lift it, immediately their back arcs up. They do the cap back. They lose all tension in their hamstrings, in their spine, in their abdomen. And it's because simply they're using too much weight, right? So I'd rather have you, you know, or what I recommended to him was like, hey, cut the weight in half. Do ha whatever you think your max is right now. Go to 50% or below. Show me what that looks like with perfect form, not just a perfect starting position, and let's work from there. And I'm going to work with this kid, right? And I'm going to send him some videos, but even that, it's like, you know, you can watch a video and maybe conceptualize it. Can you execute it? That's another thing without somebody actually coaching you. I'm going to work with him. The second thing that I thought was funny, that I, this is the reason I'm passing it on, is he goes, uh, how do you improve your grip strength? And I'm like, grip strength isn't your issue. It's not as if you're doing a perfect deadlift and all of a sudden at the very end, it's slipping out of your hands. You can grip the bar, your body just can't handle the weight. So I love stupid questions like that because I get to feel smart. And of course, that drives my entire existence. Pseudo-intellectualism, I think they call it. But no, seriously, people do ask things like, I, I, I find myself a lot going, you're focusing on the wrong thing. Grip strength isn't the issue. You're asking me about grip strength for the purpose of having a better deadlift, but you need a better deadlift in order to improve your grip strength, right? That's, I'm like, deadlift more with better form. If you do enough deadlifting, you get the Popeye forearms. And if you eat your spinach. Side note, when I was a kid, I was really obsessed with the notion that eating spinach would give me giant muscles. I think we all were. I, right? The most effective propaganda campaign ever for spinach was perpetrated by the Popeye cartoons. Then I get it in a can, because my dad bought it, looks like disgusting green sludge, and I'm like, you know what? I think I'm cool off muscles, actually. I'll wait till once, I learn about steroids. Once again, big spinach. <laughs> <laughs> this is just another example of big spinach. Just manipulating how we see reality, you know. They want to make you think there's no side effects to spinach. I'm not going to put this foreign plant in my body. Okay. So, you know, there was actually, speaking of, well, the last Michael O'Hearn thing, but he got in a little spat with Kenny Kale. Kenny Kale makes a living off, like, he's one of these, like, drama fitness channels where he goes around, like, calling people out for not being natty or asking them difficult questions. And I guess it does provide, like, a valuable service in a sense of like, you know, there should be some sort of check. You should be scared of somebody calling you out. We can't all play nice all the time. You should be asked difficult questions. Normally, he fares a lot better, I guess, when he goes up against people and calling them out. Like, I remember a thing he did with Simeon Panda where it's like, ask him if he's not natty. He was kind of in front of a panel. Simeon 
I want to say loses his mind, but he just loses his cool. He starts kind of yelling at, at Kenny in front of these people. And he normally seems like a pretty calm, relaxed, nice guy. Now, Simeon Panda, top, you know, one in a billion genetics. I mean, the guy's physically gifted. His waist is tiny. His, his shoulders are insanely broad. You couldn't, you know, train that. You can't train those proportions. Whether he's on steroids or not, I really don't know. But obviously, he has elite genetics just as far as his shoulder-to-waist ratio alone, right? It's something you can't train, and it sort of looks like, you know, oh, you're lean and you have this crazy ratio. It's insane. But anyway, he goes up to Mike at a recent uh, at a fitness conference in Vegas, and it was interesting to see, and again, this is a hella rhetorical segment, it was interesting to see how Mike turned it on him because Kenny goes up and asks him about, you know, are you, have you always been natty? Are you on steroids? Are you on TRT, et cetera? And Mike kind of turns the tables on him and, and goes, why is it that I've been stronger than you since before puberty? Kenny Ko is a big guy. He's like 6'4", 6'5". I think his max bench is like 315 that I've seen. So some of these guys, and I think a lot of the people who call out people on not being natty or constantly accusing others. I've never seen a guy with like a really amazing physique doing this. There's another guy, Philion, who he made his whole channel kind of like shitting on people and calling out fake natties, etc. And it turns out like he had some posts from way back in the day. He wanted to be a fitness influencer. He's like, oh, oh, your first few posts that, you know, you've since deleted or archived. Are you hitting a squat and like, you know, being like, hit me up for fitness advice. And you wanted to go down that road and realize maybe you didn't have the genetics or the looks or the charisma or whatever for that particular thing, which is fine. You know, you can go down a path and realize, oh, this isn't for me. And, you know, unless you sort of like look like a model and have amazing genetics and, you know, that's apparent at 18 years old, maybe it's not for you. But it's an interesting correlation between that and the sort of resentment that might drive somebody to make their entire YouTube channel about calling people out because your mindset becomes, well, I can't do it. So how could they, right? When the truth is, Kenny can't possibly be that disciplined. He doesn't have abs. Mike, so Mike, <laughs> he goes, lift up your shirt. He makes uh, Kenny show his abs, you know, to everyone around and then has his a wife who's in her mid-40s and recently had a baby lift up her shirt and he's like, why is my 46-year-old wife more ripped than you? She just had a baby. Um, why is she stronger than you, right? Could this be a work ethic thing? Could this be a diet thing? Could you account for these disparities in uh, ways that aren't anabolic related? And this is true. I've played this out. I've got to see it because I've known people in high school and college and at many points along the way who've taken steroids I've seen people thrive with it. I've seen people completely fail in it. And many of these people are users. And Kenny has used SARMs. He's done uh, steroids. He's done like this Tony huge mass blast. Like he's taken a lot of stuff and has experimented with a lot of stuff. I don't know what he takes now, but he's certainly not natural. And I guess the point is, at least on the flip side of like, you know, you can't always tell visually if somebody's on steroids, but you certainly can't tell if they're on steroids like, if somebody looks like they're not on steroids, that is not proof that they're not on steroids because I've seen people who you would never guess are on steroids who are on a lot of steroids, not just like, oh, I dabbled in it. It's like this person really thought they were going to do a, you know, a cycle and become Mr. Universe, and it's just you would never in a million years pick them out of a lineup. So think about that. 
and think about, I want you to watch this clip, come back, maybe comment on it. Who won the exchange? Because Mike and I have a similar mindset of like, if you're gonna come to me and be rude or, or do something else, all I have to do, in my case, and I think we related on this because we discussed the interaction, is like, I'm going to point out sort of basic facts of what you're doing, right? Look at what you're doing. You're coming to me, accusing me of being enhanced. Meanwhile, you're enhanced and my wife in her mid-40s looks better and is stronger than you. What does that account for, right? Are there things outside of, uh, you know, anabolic use that can explain these discrepancies? And for someone like Michael Hearn, regardless of what you think about his substance use, it's like several decades of extreme consistency. Casey, what's the most you've ever been consistent for? Like, can you think of yourself in terms of like a year of like trained really hard and done this? Like, where have your best results come from? Yeah, probably during the pandemic, actually, mm-hmm. since I had the opportunity to not focus on anything else. Right. I was just like, I didn't drink yeah. for like 90 days. I would wake up, work out, and then go skate. Yeah. And I put out like four uh, skate sections during that wow. time. So yeah. that was definitely like, obviously I was able to only focus on that because we were in a global fucking pandemic, <laughs> but given the opportunity that, right, that, yeah. that would definitely be my longest, most disciplined time. Yeah. And that's an interesting you know, way to frame it because you go, it doesn't matter how you had the opportunity to just focus on that. The fact is you were allowed to just focus on this and look what you did, right? Cause some people will have that opportunity, that same opportunity and get fat also, right? I did that for like a week and I'm like, I see where this is headed. I need to find a hill run. I need to find a way to work out that doesn't involve the gym. And I also got really lean. I also became super disciplined with eating. It is much easier when you don't have other things to focus on. Now, Michael O'Hearn's been making a living as a fitness model for many years. So like that is, has been his job. However, professional bodybuilders, you'll see they get disgustingly fat in the off season. They don't take training that seriously. They're just not as committed or disciplined and consistent. They still might look really good, but Mike's an example of somebody who's just like essentially a machine with regards to diet, consistency, training, wakes up every day and does it. And again, as I've seen, I've witnessed it in person. It's like he achieves a level of sort of like rep perfection and deliberate execution of the things that he's picturing that is pretty next level. Most people don't have an understanding of what that would do to them even for six months, right? Like my fat friend who I'm thinking of who took a steroid cycle and you'd have never, you'd never know. It's like, try eating clean for six months. Try eating perfectly where you never do a single cheat meal. You never miss a workout. You start working out hard because you've been half-assing it. All these things. I guess what I'm coming all the way back around to is try that out. I'm not saying don't accuse other people of doing steroids because it shows your resentment. It's true, but Give yourself a time frame to be consistent in. See what can happen in a month, two months, three months. A year, two years of actual consistency, if not 100%, 95%, you know, you would be shocked at what you can do. Amazing things. Is that it for my Am I out of time to do the serious stuff? Because guess what? We can get on to some, this is why we can't have nice gyms. Yay. Yay. This girl, okay, so I'm playing this little video here. This is why we can't have nice gyms. If you've ever noticed cultural differences in the aesthetic that women sort of aspire to, you go to Brazil, 
the breasts look different, right? The breast implants look different. There's a different aesthetic. They do tan lines. They do, like all these little things are like Brazilian specific. And I remember seeing a Brazilian Playboy for the first time at whatever age. I'm like, oh my God, like their idea of, you know, the beauty standards of the Western, whatever, every country has different beauty standards. I'd never seen a girl in a Playboy with thick thighs before. This is like in the 90s, right? Every girl in Brazil who wants to be an influencer or a hot chick, they want this like big quad, big ass look. Not just the big ass, right? They want an actual muscular quad, hamstring, calf. It's almost like a stubby look that they're going for. Do you know what I'm talking about, Casey? I'm yeah. not crazy, right? No. You see this? And these girls all seemingly train. I've seen this girl, yeah, Vivi. Here's her name, Vivi Winkler. She just pushes these girls to the absolute limit. Like she does like drop sets and, you know, uh, like pushes, like does assisted reps. is always right there, like pushing on this thing. It's super intense leg training. So it's like, you know, don't ever tell me your legs won't grow if you're not doing something. You can make them grow. It's just like raise the volume, raise the intensity, go to your puke, doing drop sets. Your legs can handle a lot. It's just so physically painful uh, to both your cardiovascular system and your musculature that most people puss out. Now, when I look at this girl, she's very hands-on, very touchy-feely. I have to assume she's a lesbian, and I have to also then assume <laughs> this is the best job on the planet for her, uh, training Brazil's hottest women and touching their legs and butts all day. So if there's a job application, Vivi, I would love to be your assistant and move to Brazil, learn the Portuguese. I can, I can uh, follow Portuguese. Just give me the Duolingo, okay? Now... This guy, this guy's hilarious. Uh, Skyler, Skyler Scoach, I think his name. He's, he said, reasons why you shouldn't train legs. <laughs> Stop working your legs. <laughs> I love that this dude is like using that like TikTok instructional video sort of format. Like, here's three things. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Well, but <laughs> he's got, I love that with a straight face. He almost had me. He's like, you can't put muscle on your upper body and lower body at the same time. I'm like, wait, is that true? <laughs> Am I learning something today? Okay, this is why you should never lift dumbbells, okay? Okay, kicks it up, comes down. What the? Now, what is that, Casey? Is that an arm break or is that an elbow dislocation? I think it's a dislocation. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, the weights looked a little too heavy for him, right? It's like when you're that weak and that fragile, maybe just drop the weight a little bit. Get a deeper stretch. I don't, there's something, let's look at it one more time oh, <laughs> and let's all puke together as we watch this guy ruin his life. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's something about where I'm like, he just he, you can't control it. That's really the thing. And regardless of how heavy the weight is, if you can't control the weight, don't lift it and don't have sex with her, okay? <laughs> if you're a male stripper and she's over 300 pounds and she jumps on top, don't bring her on stage. That's the real thing. If you're a male stripper, don't bring that 300-pound woman on stage. It's a setup to failure. This guy's also one of my favorite. Bapito. I love that because it's like, you know, the most effective smelling salt of all time is the perfume of your ex-girlfriend. Oh, it, it makes sense, though. It's silly, but it's like, well, that could be a motivation. That could get you through the gym, you know? Oh, she smells like that. 
when you find out girls don't actually like muscles, he goes in the leg press, he takes out the safety, and then takes his legs off. And I'm going, how did he film that without the leg press just destroying him? Well, I guess, oh my God, this is a suicide video we just played, Casey. Quick, go on to the next, we'll cut this out. We can't, we can't show live suicide TikToks. I don't know who edited it together, but you're sick for doing that, okay? Next one we got is, oh, this guy's, you know, this, this is, I, my favorite genre of gym videos is like the caught in the wild. What the fuck is this guy doing, right? He's just like got it on his lap and he's like going back and forth like it's some sort of, a, you know, geriatric white mating dance. Hmm. What is he thinking? What is he doing? These are the people, again, that I want to go up and interview and go, what do you think you're doing, right? Because you can do whatever you want and he's not hurting anybody. However, I do get angry. As we've discussed before, things in the gym, I seem to have a heightened anger response in the gym. Oh, by the way, I have the story. I realized I was listening to the podcast before. I'm like, oh, I went started the story where this guy, I had 315 on my back and I'm working out with somebody else. And this guy who I say hi to sometimes is like, one more as I'm doing deep squats with 315. It's a heavyweight, but I'm still warming up with it. And I look over at him. I'm like, oh, should I do one more? He's like, yeah. And so I do one more and just out of spite, I like went to 15 or something like that. I'm like exhausted, you know, but I just kept going like all the way down. And I should go, should I do one more? Should I do one more? Should I do one more? Like that's how passive aggressive is that, you know, <laughs> like to spike this guy. Uh, you know, I did a set of 15 when I was only planning on doing a warm up set of five, 315 deep squats. But again, it was a fun way for me to express that frustration of like, don't ever talk to somebody with 300 pounds anywhere on their body that they're supporting, you know, don't in the middle of a deadlift, I'm like, one more. I didn't, you don't know how many sets I'm doing. You don't know how many reps I'm doing. You don't know what my max is. You know nothing about me and you're not inspirational to me. You're some 23 year old kid who weighs 170 pounds. Don't ever look me in my eye again. Now, on the next set, this is really where it came. You know, I, I got over that, right? Did me a little joke. and Clearly, and you got over clearly, it. Clearly, like, obviously, <laughs> I've compartmentalized this and let it go. I don't even care about it anymore. I, why would you say that? Casey's the one who brought it up, actually. Um, on the next set, I go up to 365. Now, is this partially my fault? Yes, but I'm extra angry because I know it's my fault, and I, but I want to blame him, right? And that's, let's do a meta-psychological evaluation of what's happening here. I have 365 on my back and I'm going for like a set of five. Now, because I took the warm-up set and did a set to failure, now I'm too tired to do this complete set or I'm at least more exhausted than I would have been uh, if I was a rational human. But I had 365 on my back. I go deep for one and then two. And then this kid over here is right next to me on the smooth machine. He talks to someone else and I think he's talking to me and I like go to turn, like I wanted to be like, shut up. Oh, he's talking to somebody else. So I come back and I go for another rep really quick to cover my embarrassment. And I'm just slightly off, right? I lean forward a little bit. You lose focus because squats, it's like you got to, you know, go through your mental checklist, take the big breath and come down balanced. So I came down with a slight forward lean and I am very cautious and good at bailing, like knowing like the instant that like I get caught forward, I'm like, I don't want to be stuck like, you know, trying to catch it and throwing up my back. So when I go, ooh, I might, you know, not be able to come out of that, I just throw it back. But again, I wasn't on a platform. It's just like the dead second floor, you know, no padding. It's like asphalt, basically, the, the, the consistency on the ground. So I had to dump 365 from, you know, almost six feet up in the air. That's okay. Um, clearly, as Casey said and pointed out, I'm over it, right? It's not even something I think about. 
if uh, Casey wouldn't say, Wait, Mark, make sure to talk about the story from last week. You left off. You left all of us hanging. But listen, you guys, don't talk to people while they're working out and you're not with them. Nobody needs your motivation, right? What if you just throw headphones on? Oh, good. Well, I was with another you know, person. That's the thing. I was already with a workout partner. Uh, it's like if anybody, and that's a good point, I would. Because um, that's my thing. If I need people around me to shut the fuck up, I just put on headphones. Correct. 100%. And so that was, but it's also like, hey, if I have a workout partner, don't you think he'd be the one saying one more? You know, if anybody, but I don't even do that. It's like, I'm going to let you go to failure. And then I'm going to, one more, like yelling at me, isn't going to make me bench press more. Is this going to make me realize you're a mean person? Okay. And, oh, we have another one. I like this one. I thought we had it last week. I'm finding all the ones I thought we were going to do last week that I actually put in the Oak and Stone podcast available now on all platforms. So we turn the sound on to this one. So this guy deadlifts. And this is totally normal, by the way. A guy to deadlift, and you drop it. He's not like slamming it extra hard. But guess what? Everything in the gym is already loud. Weights clanking is loud. The music is loud. That's what I'm always like, oh, you don't want to drop the weight on the ground. Listen to this shitty music that's playing over the loudspeakers, bombarding my ears. But one little clankety-clank is too much. And so this woman is like off in the corner, like, you need to stop deadlifting. It's really annoying. And I'm, I was doing a Zumba class last week. And you guys kept dropping the weights. Like, oh, your Zumba class wasn't louder than the three second, you know, deadlift that these guys are doing. Not even three seconds, um, three milliseconds. And, you know, what I decided, Casey, we're going to end this right here. We're going to do a sketch world premiere. Okay. Yay. By the time this episode airs, uh, and you've had a chance to listen to the whole thing, all 15 minutes of this podcast, this is gonna be at the end, and then when the first person says, ha, 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 that was the funniest thing I've ever seen, then I'll post it to Instagram, okay? Okay. So what are we looking at right now? It's a video I took this morning, and I'm gonna teach you how to execute the perfect lat spread. Can we play it? A lot of people have been asking me, Mark, what's the secret to a perfect lat spread? Well, there's really only one secret. Be under 15% body fat. Because if you ain't, it's not a lat spread. It's just a fat spread. Stay lean, Kings. Uh, you hear that? It's not a lat spread. It's just a fat spread. So you're going to determine right now whether or not I am 15% body fat. I want you to comment below. Is this a lat spread or is it just a fat spread? 